Mark Cuban. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you're not, if you don't pay attention to detail on the little things, you're not going to be in the habit of paying attention to detail for the big things. Ken Griffey Jr. Hey, he wears his hat backwards. Well, I wear my hat backwards because my dad had a fro and I wanted to wear his hat. And if I put his hat on at age six and, you know, he's got a eight and a half and I got like a little five, it's not going to really stay on my head. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. John Smoltz. If you don't have the imagination and the willingness to fail or not being afraid to fail, I don't think you can be truly great. Candace Parker. I have had so much hope for this generation coming up that have grown up with women in sports, in leadership roles, on television, speaking about sports, speaking knowledgeably about sports. Pau Gasol. To me, all the work that I've done, all the humanitarian work that I've done has always given me great perspective, has allowed me to keep my feet on the ground and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. Two great guests lined up for you this week. The first is Colin Hanks, actor, director, and producer of the forthcoming HBO sports documentary, Say Hey, Willie Mays, which debuts on November 8th on HBO and streams on HBO Max. You're going to enjoy our wide-ranging conversation with Hanks, who is a huge San Francisco Giants fan. That played a big part in his involvement in this documentary. Hanks also discusses the future documentary that he's going to be teaming with Ryan Reynolds on that's going to showcase the life of late actor John Candy. I'm a big John Candy fan, so I'm looking forward to that. And then I always love a good founder story. And Colin Hanks has a company called Hanks Kerchief, like handkerchief. So we're going to talk about that. Our other guest on the show this week, Matt Leinert, our old friend from Fox Sports, college football analyst, 2004 Heisman Trophy winner and co-founder of Hall of Goats. He's got some exciting news about Hall of Goats to share with us. And we're also going to talk about the college football season thus far. Who are the biggest surprises? How might things unfold the rest of the way? We'll talk to Matt Leinert on our show this week. This week's edition of Sports Business Radio is presented by Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker's mission is to improve the health span of people everywhere so they can enjoy longer, healthier lives, adding life to their years and years to their life. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com backslash SBR. That's insidetracker.com backslash SBR and save 20% today. I'm joined by executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? I'm doing good and uh, a fun show. It's always nice to have two guests on. We kind of range from, you know, college football world with Matt and then uh, the acting world with Colin. And I tell you, I'm watching, I don't know if you've seen it on Peacock. There's one called A Friend of the Family and Colin is the main dad in it and he's fascinating. And it's, uh, I mean, look, you grow up with Tom Hanks as your dad. That's a pretty good uh, (laughs) acting guidelines. But man, I tell you, you turn around and just don't look at him talking and you hear Tom in it. So it's uh. He's got a lot of similarities, but uh, man, he's fascinating. Great actor, cool guy, loves sports. Uh, a great interview that we kind of cover the whole gamut of his life. So fun show today. Yeah, what a nice guy. Always a pleasure to meet new people on our show. Um, yeah, he is very accomplished. 
Um, I love how he gets involved as a director and a producer beyond just being the great actor that he is. Uh, you'll hear us talk about we both went to Loyola Marymount. So we have that in common. And yeah, he's a diehard sports fan. In addition to the Giants, he loves LAFC, who's playing in the MLS Cup final coming up uh, here in the next week or so. So uh, yeah, you know, he's not just an actor. He, he's a very talented uh, person beyond that. And we'll get to know him a little bit better this week. All right, let's look at some headlines of the week. Griggs, the World Series is underway. It's the Astros. It's the Phillies. I don't know if you watched, but 9.7 million viewers have been tuning in on average for the first two games. That's on par with last year's Braves-Astros game one, which took place on a Tuesday night. But I want to give you some numbers from the past just to kind of blow your mind a little bit. Back in 1980, before we had a bazillion TV channels and streaming and and you just had like the three networks, guess how many people on average tuned in to watch the 1980 World Series between the Phillies and the Royals? On average. Probably more than is watching now, I'm guessing, but I don't know. 42.3 million (laughs) viewers on average tuned in to NBC. If you really want to blow your mind, Game 7 of the 1991 World Series drew 50.3 million viewers. Griggs, the last note on this is we have seen some pretty crappy Thursday night football games on Amazon so far this season. Yep, Those games average around 10 million per game. So this is the World Series. This is Major League Baseball's biggest showcase. And the numbers have plummeted from what they used to be. They continue to decline every year. I'm not sure, you know, if it's because they're going up against college football. I'm not sure if it's because the game is too slow. I'll give a little plug. Adrian Gonzalez, former Major League Baseball star first baseman, is going to join us on next week's show. And I've already recorded this. And I can tell you this. I have never heard a player talk about Major League Baseball the way he did. And it was not all glowing. (laughs) So um, you're going to want to listen to that interview with Adrian Gonzalez next week. But Griggs, not great numbers for the TV ratings for the World Series thus far. Look, the longer the series goes, if it goes to a game seven, you would think those numbers would go up. But so far, not a great start. Yeah, I mean, I've watched, I watched game one, the, the comeback from the Phillies was pretty fun, but uh, you got two big markets too. It's kind of surprising it's under 10 million, but at the same time, not surprising because baseball's just kind of been in that funk where it's like, it's not driving a big audience to anything. And it's just not must watch TV. I mean, if I'm not tuning into it every single night, I'm kind of flipping through it and oh, I'll catch an inning or two. And for me, it's just, it's just too slow. It just doesn't, it just doesn't go fast enough for me. And it's just like, I'll tune in six, seven, eighth inning. And then it, when it ramps up, but I just don't care about the first five innings. So I don't know. That's my, my take. Yeah. All right. Our next headline, the Portland Thorns are NWSL champions and they defeated the Kansas city current two nil in the championship game that was aired in prime time on Saturday night on CBS sports. Great to see this on CBS, not their streaming network, and in prime time. The game was played in front of a sold-out crowd of 20,000 fans at Audi Field in Washington, D.C. And Griggs, the NWS average attendance for their four postseason games, 
21,495. So a really nice showing on TV and in person and with attendance for the NWSL during this postseason. Yeah, it was a great, uh, great game. Obviously, I'm in Portland, so I was fun to see the Thorns win. They dominated the game. They kind of had it from the from the get-go. They scored early, and it was uh, no looking back. But uh, great coverage. I thought CBS did awesome. They had a great crew, uh, field reporters, and uh, the game looked great and sounded great. Good crowd. And uh, yeah, I think it's that sport is continuing to grow, and it's great to see, and exposure is getting more and more. So uh, it was fun to see that one. Well, I'll tell you what. We've seen Alex Morgan be the face of American soccer for women for a long time. I think Sophia Smith is next. She's 22 years old. She just won MVP for the NWSL. She just won MVP in the championship game. She is a star. And and if I'm a company out there, I'm investing in her early and getting her on board, much like companies did with Alex Morgan when she was first coming up. What do you think, Griggs? Yeah, she is. She's so fun to watch. She scored that first goal and it was just like, She's so quick. She's just likable and she's excitable and she's uh, just a dynamic player on the field. And you can tell the team loves her and the crowd loves her. So, yeah, I agree. Like, it's a no brainer. I think endorsements are heading her way soon. She's like you said, 22. She's so young and she's such a talent. It's awesome to see. A lot of noise around the Portland Thorns this year. They got it done in the end. They tuned out the noise and they won the championship. Congratulations to the Thorns. All right. Another headline, this is big news. The Big 12 has reached a new agreement with ESPN and Fox Sports. Six-year media rights agreement. The total is worth $2.28 billion. And it's going to run through the year 2030, 2031. There's two years left on the current deal. But Griggs, it's going to be about $50 million per school Despite losing Oklahoma and University of Texas, this is a pretty good deal for the Big 12. And now everyone's wondering, okay, Pac-12, what are you going to do? And is the Pac-12 going to be able to continue to exist as a conference? That is going to rely heavily on what kind of media rights deal they get. The Big 12 pivoted nicely. Again, they lost Oklahoma. They lost Texas. You're still increasing your media rights and you're providing $50 million a year per school. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah, it's a huge deal. And I think media rights and TV and streaming is, is what runs the whole sport. Now we've talked about this for a long time, these big deals, these 10 year deals, it's, it's what it is now streaming, you know, what's the next platform? Where's it going to be? I think PAC 12 is rumored with Apple because Apple keeps wanting to get more in sports as we're seeing. Um, maybe they're going to jump on with them. Who knows? But uh, it's all streaming and it's big money. And uh, it, the PAC 12 has got to get something done because if they don't, I think it's not going to look good for the PAC 12. That's, you know, losing schools as we know moving forward. Well, that's when you start to see t- teams, you know, is it Oregon? Is it Washington? Uh, jumping right. to the Big Ten or to the Big 12. So a lot of pressure on the Pac-12 commissioner and the Pac-12 presidents to get a good media rights deal done. All right, it was a big week for NFL stadium renderings. First, the Tennessee Titans unveiled plans for its new $2.1 billion project in Nashville. The Titans are committing $840 million in private funding. So they're paying for a good chunk of this. Then the Buffalo Bills released their $1.4 billion stadium plan, which includes 
$850 million in taxpayer funds. So that's being paid for by taxpayers more so than the Tennessee Titans stadium. I don't think the Titans stadium is that old, but they're already getting a new stadium and, you know, a new district and just shows you like the lifespan of these stadiums is like 20, maybe 30 years. The bill stadium is old. And, you know, for a team that has a Super Bowl window here with Josh Allen, you got to have something better. And there's even been talks that if they didn't get a stadium built, they could potentially move. So to see the fact that they've got renderings and they've got all this taxpayer money and, and their stadium plan is progressing, that's good news for Buffalo Bills fans. Yeah, I think uh, the Bills Mafia is a massive fan base and they love yeah. their Bills. And I know they'd be pissed if they left Buffalo. So I think that's a good move for Buffalo. And the renderings look cool. These stadium renderings are always so cool to see, you know, the little, you know, sci-fi flyovers and kind of looking right. at all of it. It's, it's fun to see. And it's good for the NFL. Obviously, these new stadiums get built. They'll probably have a Super Bowl in Buffalo at some point coming up and Tennessee, too. And Nashville's growing, too. That that whole area is growing. So I think that's a good fan base, too. And uh, getting a new stadium there is great, but yeah, I mean the the money is just ridiculous in these buildings and the and the the tech and we see it at SoFi. It's just nuts, and uh, they just continue to keep upping the game. So it'll be fun to see how these turn out. Well, I mean, think about it. We used to think if a stadium cost a few hundred million dollars, that was like just astronomical. <laughs> We're now in the billions, yeah, with a B. So it, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, the one thing that the stadium is usually the igniter for is a development around the stadium. So is it condos? Is it retail? Is it restaurants? What is it? But it really does serve as the centerpiece for a downtown area to develop around. And, and it looks like that's going to be the case with both Buffalo and Nashville. Our last headline. I like this one. Longtime former Villanova men's basketball coach Jay Wright. Is joined CBS Sports. We're going to see him doing college basketball. We'll see him covering March Madness. I like Jay Wright. He was a really good coach. He was especially good in the NCAA tournament. So to have his insight, I think, adds to CBS's coverage of the tournament and of college basketball. What do you think, Griggs? Yeah, I agree. I mean, CBS and March Madness is, is the win for March always. And uh, this is a great addition. He's awesome. Obviously been coaching for so many years, knows basketball, knows the game, knows March Madness. He's won some, some titles. So uh, yeah, no brainer. He's well-spoken. I, I love hearing these coaches because their mind is so different than, you know, a person like you and me, they get the game so differently and can really, uh, you know, tell the, the viewer a lot more about the game. So I think it's a great hire and it'll be fun to hear him. All right. If you are not subscribing to the Sports Business Radio podcast, please do so. We'd love it if you rate and review our podcast. We are 18 years old. We've got a deep history of podcast archives. If you want to go back and, and listen to some of our uh, shows with the big name guests that we've had on, again, Adrian Gonzalez is going to join me on next week's show. But coming up next, we're going Hollywood. We've got Colin Hanks. And then we've got Matt Leinert coming up. Two really good guests this week. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. When it comes to your health and longevity, you hold nothing back. You understand what it means to push harder, reach farther, and go the extra mile. This relentless drive runs in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build strength, speed recovery, and optimize your health for the long haul. 
Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. And when you connect Inside Tracker with your Fitbit or Garmin, you'll also unlock real time recovery pro tips after you complete your workout. It's like having your own personal trainer and nutritionist in your pocket. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash SBR. That's insidetracker.com forward slash SBR. Well, my guest is Colin Hanks, actor, director, producer of the upcoming HBO sports documentary, Say Hey, Willie Mays. It debuts November 8th on HBO and HBO Max. I have had a chance to screen the doc. It is excellent. Colin, thanks for joining me on Sports Business Radio. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. All right. So before we get started with the doc, we have something in common that I found during my research. We both attended Loyola Marymount University. Really? Yes. I was there before you. I'm a little older than you. I was there when Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball and Paul Westhead were there. Well, I was going to say, was it the Hank Gathers era? Because that tends to be the, the watermark between eras. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was actually the radio broadcaster for KXLU Radio when I was calling the game the night that Hank collapsed and died. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that wow. was a traumatic experience for me. You've probably seen the 30 for 30 on ESPN, the guru of go with Paul Westhead. So yeah, what a time to be at Loyola Marymount, but how did you enjoy your, your time at LMU? Uh, The time that I was there, I enjoyed very much, maybe a little too much, but that's college. (laughs) Uh, No, I loved, I I loved going to to Loyola. It was a, it was a, a fantastic stop for me. And uh, yeah, I still have a lot of friends from there and a a lot of good memories. That's great. All right. The origin of your sports teams. I know you're a huge LAFC fan. I don't want to jinx anything, but they're doing really well right now. They're two wins away, right? They're two wins away. Yes. No, very, uh, very excited about that. Yeah, my my allegiances can be confusing to people. Um, I never, I never expect anyone to, uh, know someone's sports allegiances right away. Cause Lord knows they could be very odd, but I, uh, I had family in Los Angeles, obviously, but I, I grew up primarily in Northern California. And so when I was a kid growing up, it was the, the San Francisco giants, uh, San Francisco 49ers. That was the extent of the Northern California. But then I would go to hockey games in Los Angeles because this was before they had the Sharks. Right. So the L.A. Kings were, were a big one for me. And then I moved to Los Angeles permanently around the time I went to Loyola in 96 and really only had the Kings because <laughs> uh, they were the only L.A. team I really, truly felt comfortable rooting for because I still had my Sacramento roots and would follow the Sacramento Kings a little bit. Um, although Which not I'm many people sort- admit. No, I mean, I, I rarely admit it. Now, I'll admit I totally fell off. And I'm now just like, I'll, I'll watch basketball just in general, right. just, you know, the, the league. Um, but I was really, truly salivating to find another team in Los Angeles that I could root for without reservation. And luckily, LAFC 
provided me that space. And now I'm, I'm just obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it. I mean, I've seen some of your Instagram posts and I mean, you're at every match and, uh, I was just in Europe. So I went to premier league for the first time and I had never been to premier league. Uh, I saw Arsenal and Brentford and that was quite an experience for me, but you know, MLS is fantastic and LAFC, what a beautiful stadium. And, and, you know, I've never been to a match, but it looks like uh, that's a great environment there. I had always wanted to have an insane football, soccer, football experience uh, in uh, Los Angeles. And I'd gone to Sounders games. I'd Mm -hmm. gone to, you know, Timbers matches. So I'd seen like, okay, like they have it in the States, you know, to a degree. But I was really hoping that Los Angeles would, would sort of have that. And I just didn't necessarily find that to be the case down in Carson with the Galaxy. Um, but you know, funny enough, you mentioned, uh, the premier league. I, so I had arranged for tickets about a little over a month ago. I had arranged for tickets to go see Liverpool, my team that I support, uh, play at Stamford bridge against Chelsea. And then the queen died and the game was postponed. So I had my tickets, I was ready and then it was taken away from me. So now I'm still, I still have yet to go see my beloved reds play. Um, uh, in person. So yeah, that's another team allegiance that I have. There. Well, I hope that happens for you soon. Me too. All right. So you mentioned diehard San Francisco Giants fan. Uh, yeah. You were at the clinching victory in 2010 when they beat Texas in the World Series, right? I was at all three games in Texas. Yeah. I had just wrapped up the television show that would have been filming in Dallas that entire year. So I got to be there for, for all three games in Texas, which was an absolute dream. Yeah. So when you have the opportunity to work on this documentary for one of the greatest baseball players ever and someone synonymous with the Giants, how did this all come together? Well, it had kind of been a a dream, one that I thought was a little bit far-fetched. My producing partner, Sean Stewart, who I make all my documentaries with, um, we had always sort of circled Willie as sort of the the GOAT. That would be within, within the Giants organization. That would be the, the the story that we would love to be able to tell. Now, obviously, there's a Barry component that is mm-hmm. a, a, that that's maybe another podcast we could talk about that. <laughs> but with Willie, at least it seemed like that one would be one that would not be so ludicrously um, uh, 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 far away that that we wouldn't be able to sort of make a play. And so Sean had been trying for years and years and years to to reach out to, to Willie and, and, and his squad. We had made a short 30 for 30 about uh, uh, the crazy crab, which was an ill-fated San Francisco Giants mascot. Um, so we had relationships with the Giants. And uh, really, it's up that I, I give all the credit to Sean Stewart, our producer, you know, one of my co-producers on this. He, he really sort of just refused to, to take no for an answer. I don't know if he ever was given the answer no, but he, he just kept – kept hustling. And, um, you know, as, as fate would have it, it wasn't, uh, it just didn't line up for me to be able to, uh, to direct the project, but we ended up, um, falling in with Nelson George, who is an incredibly talented filmmaker and partnered with, um, with Spring Hill Entertainment, you know, LeBron James's production company. And we were able to get uh, a team, uh, in place, that I think was was of uh, caliber enough for for Willie to sort of say, all right, well, I'll I'll listen to you guys. So we went up to San Francisco 
uh, and got to go to a Giants game uh, and watch some of the uh, Giants game with Willie and oh talked gosh. with him in his suite and 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 got to like get to to meet him and just sort of tell him you know, our, our, our vision for the film and, and what we wanted to do and, and our sort of code of conduct for how we like to make our documentaries. Um, and uh, yeah, he, uh, he signed on. I think we signed, uh, we signed the deal January of 2020 and then the world shut down. Wow. So we were, uh, there was a rain delay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, for us. Uh, but we were able to, uh, we were able to make a film and, and really just could not be more, uh, more honored to be a part of it. Well, and one of the magical things about the doc is Willie Mays is 91 and he yeah. is part of the doc and, and much like the last dance with Michael Jordan. If you, if Jordan's not a part of that doc, it's not nearly as good to me. If Willie Mays isn't part of this, it's not as good. And he's still so sharp at 91 and has a good oh, sense yeah. of humor and has all the memories still and recalls certain situations and, and times of his life. And I thought that was really neat because, you know, again, um, you know this better than me, but he's 91. He, he might not be here that much longer. So to get him yeah. to sit down for this, much like the John Madden doc, right? Like he sat down with Correct, Tom yeah. Rinaldi and everyone, and then he passed shortly after. So you're like, I'm so glad yeah. we got to hear from him and he participated in this before he left us. So um, Absolutely. It, it was great. I, I thought having him participate was really one of the keys to the success of this. Well, I'd be lying if I didn't say that, you know, that uh, there was a component for all of us um, in which we really wanted to be able to properly tell Willie's story and have him tell it um, before that chance was no longer available to us. And you know, part of the, the, the sort of thesis, if you will, of, of one of the reasons why we felt, you know, now was the time, you know, I, I'm not of the generation that got to see Willie play. Right. And so all I heard were stories about how great Willie was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Willie not only was so incredible on the field, but the manner in which he carried himself, uh, on the field and off, what was incredibly, um, uh, he was the same individual on and off the field. There was no, there was no change. He let his play do the talking, and he, you know, he was at, you know, he came up at such a fascinating time, not only in baseball history but in American history, coming up in the Negro Leagues. Uh, 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 signing with the Giants at an incredibly young age in New York at the dawn of you know the television era, then moving with the team to San Francisco, uh, you know during the height of the civil rights movement in the, in the in the West Coast and expanding baseball over there as well as you know being a, being a, a part of the community out there. He was such a unique figure that I don't think, in terms of younger generations, that he he has people don't understand Willie Mays the way they may understand a Babe Ruth or a Joe DiMaggio or, you know, some of these players that were maybe a little bit more salesmen in addition to being great ball players. And Willie was just, I mean, he was truly one of a kind. He was, he was you know, one of, you know, arguably one of the, the first, you know, black athlete superstars 
that, you know, really were ambassadors for the game. And it was just, you know, to be able to dive into his story and his background and really understand just how much the man accomplished and how, what a unique talent he was on the field. Um, it was just, it was really incredibly uh, special to be a part of and, and hear firsthand. Were you able to sit in on any of the interviews with him? No, unfortunately I wasn't. My schedule, uh, you know, cause I have this other gig of wearing makeup and pretending yeah, to be exactly. other people for a living. Uh, so unfortunately my, uh, I wasn't able to actually be there, uh, on any of the shoot days with Willie, but like I said, I mean, I got to watch a game with Willie Mays. I, I don't know how it can get any better That's than that. That's true. That's um, true. But the 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 bonus was is I did. Uh, you know, I got all of the raw footage, all of the raw interviews uh, as they were shot, and so I would, as the dailies would come in, I would you know hear all of the stories that Willie said, that Barry Bonds said, Vin Scully, Bob Cost. I mean, Reggie Jackson. The the the, na- the list goes on and on of, of names. And so I was just geeked to just watch all the the raw footage. You know, and the good news is, is that it cuts together even better. <laughs> yeah, no, it was brilliant. And, you know, again, you got Vin Scully before he left us. And, yeah. you know, Bob Costas is one of the best. And, you know, all the different people, all the different voices. But the one that stood out to me the most, to be honest with you, was Barry. Barry Bonds. Yeah, and absolutely. The I don't want to give anything away, but the depth that you go into in the doc on the relationship between Willie and Bobby Bonds, Barry's dad, and yeah. Barry was really good. I, I didn't really know what that dynamic was. Um, and I mean, Willie Mays is very much a father-like figure to Barry Bonds. And that was another person who I thought really added to the documentary was getting Barry Bonds to sit down and, and talk about Willie and talk about his dad. Yeah. And, you know, Barry Bonds is a polarizing figure himself and also, you know, a five tool player like Willie Mays was. So yep. I thought having his voice in this documentary really added to it. Well, there, there for us as filmmakers, you really can't have a Willie Mays documentary if you don't have Barry Bonds in it um, yeah. because there, there is such a personal connection between the two, um, you know, uh, you know, Barry is, is, is Willie's godson. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that we noticed very, very early on in the film is that Willie always referred to taking care of people or people taking care of him. Mm-hmm. You know, when he came into the league and he's talking about, you know, Piper Davis taking care of him, he's talking about Leo DeRocher taking care of him. He's talking about, you know, when he's in San Francisco and you got, uh, Marichal and 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 all these guys, these Spanish players coming in. He's taking care of them. So there's always this sense that uh, sort of baseball takes care of their own, and that relationship that Willie had with Bobby Bonds, which again, a player before my generation, I didn't know much about, but Barry was from my was was my generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I knew that there was a connection there, but I didn't know how deep it was. Um, and we just kept saying, you know, I mean, it's the Willie Mays documentary. If we don't have Barry in this, right. it, 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 it's not going to feel right. Yeah. And we spent a great deal of time uh, uh, talking with, 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 uh, with Barry's team. Uh, you know, we had spoken with him very briefly uh, at the beginning of filming when, uh, you know, because he's in there for Willie's 
birthday, you mm-hmm. know, in the film, you, you see Barry there and you see how involved he is and the smile he has on his face when he's right. around, uh, when he's around Willie. And after, uh, you know, a, a lot of talk and, and, and going back and forth, we were able to, to get Barry. And uh, I'll tell you what was so remarkable, about, uh, remarkable about that interview is the, uh, you know, it was about two hours and he was so vibrant and happy. And it's a side of Barry that I don't think people have seen truly. Really I mean, I, I think the public has not really seen Barry like that before. And that's because Barry's a very reserved guy. You know, arguably, you could say he got that from Willie because Willie is, was, is very much the same way at times. Um but you just see Barry open up and talk about, you know, the love that he has for Willie and, you know, the real treat, you know, I mentioned watching all the raw footage, you know, the first hour he was, he was talking about Willie uh, uh, on, on the day. And then the second hour was just him talking about baseball, how much he loves baseball and hitting and, and the intricacies of the game and, and, and his passion for it. And as a baseball fan, I was geeked just to watch that, you know, just to see Barry light up and, and talk about the game in that manner. And, uh, you know, we were very proud of the fact that, um, you know, we went to Barry saying, this is the film that we want to make. We want you to be a part of it. It's not going to be the same without you. And for him to agree mm-hmm. uh, to that. And then, you know, we got a, a text from, from Barry afterwards in which he was, in, it said incredibly gracious kind things about the film and was just so happy to be a part of it, wow. which, you know, made us, uh, made us just, uh, just over the moon. Uh, That's quite an so. endorsement right there. Yeah. Yeah. So the other part that I loved was the old footage. And the old images, I mean, dating back yeah. to the Negro Leagues in Birmingham. I had never seen some of those pictures of Willie when he was young and he was playing in the Negro Leagues. And, um, you know, even I don't want to give anything away, but, uh, you know, when he is trying to buy a house in San Francisco and yeah, you know, here's Willie in his house. And, you know, his son comes on and says he put in the spiral staircase is kind of like Batman going down to get into the back car and go to the game. <laughs> there was just so many really cool elements that you guys dug up. How did you do that? Well, uh, part of it is the tenacious producing of my, uh, my partner, Sean Stewart. I mean, it was, he's not, uh, he's not uh, above, you know, hopping in a car, driving up to someone's house somewhere in Northern California and finding, you know, super eight footage or whatever. I mean, the, the amount of, uh, the amount of film canisters we amassed on this project was, was pretty, uh, pretty astounding. You know, it, it helped that, Barry, and I, I mentioned this earlier, it helped that Barry really was, a, a, excuse me, not Barry, Willie. Uh, it helped that Willie was sort of one of the central forces at the dawn of television mm-hmm. covering baseball. And so there is a ton of old footage of Willie in some form or another, you know, whether it's him playing stickball with kids, you know, on the streets of, right. uh, you know, uh, of, of, of New York, uh, or him moving to the Bay area and, and the issues he had purchasing a home there, you know, there is a ton of newsreel, you know, footage, a uh, ton of interviews and all that sort of stuff. And really that that's kind of part of, uh, you know, uh, a part of the, the, the documentary toolkit is you got to be a little bit of a detective tracking <laughs> this stuff down. Yeah. And so you got to be willing to hop in a car and drive to some stranger's house, some, somewhere in Northern California to see, 
see what kind of footage they got. But we were able to to just amass just uh, uh, an incredible pool of, of, of B-roll and footage. And yeah, and yeah it's, it's all there uh, in the film. Wow. Well, it was really well done. And, you know, like I said, from getting Willie to participate, to Barry, to all the other voices that you had, to the footage that you dug up. When people watch this, what do you want them to take away? Um, well, I would love for them to have just a better understanding of, of who Willie Mays was as an individual and as a person. And I think, um, you know, if we've done our job, we've been able to highlight uh, the kind of the, the kind of man that Willie was, um, because he really did carry himself the same as he did on the field and off the field. What you saw, you know, what, what you know, what you saw was what you got and what you got was one of the greatest of, of all time. Um, but also, you know, I, I hope people understand the historical significance that that Willie has, you know, rightly so, you know, Jackie Robinson is an all time great and a, a historical figure who is incredibly important in the history of of our culture, mm-hmm. not just of, of baseball. But Willie was was right there um, and was, you know, just as vibrant, just as uh, important and and. You know, I think what is interesting was 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 perhaps a lot quieter than people expected him to be. And so, you know, I'm really uh, excited that people, you know, hopefully will get a better understanding of, of the kind of player that he was and just how good he was, but also how important he was within, you know, the American civil rights movement and and, you know, pushing, you know, awareness uh, uh, and, 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 you know, what it meant to be a, a black athlete at that time, you know, I, Willie is a huge part of that. He really was, you know, a, as big as, you know, Michael Jordan, uh, you know, or any of these sort of, you know, greatests of, of, of all time. And yet I think he gets overshadowed, right. um, and, uh, and unfairly so. And so we just hope that people have, uh, 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 you know, a good time watching the film and, and, and enjoy the film for what it is, but then also walk away, you know, a little bit smarter. I mean, I've often thought, can you imagine if he played in this era of social media and video clips, that catch would have been getting a million views in, in 30 seconds. I mean, it would have been, he would have been consumed very differently than he was back when there wasn't social media and media like today. With without a doubt. And, you know, that is another reason why we wanted to to really showcase Willie and just how unique he was, because if he was playing today, yeah, there would be an avalanche of talk every single day about did you see what Willie Mays did last night? Did you see what Willie Mays did yesterday? And you know, a majority of it would be jaw dropping and, you know, there would be people that complain, uh, you know, as well, you know, a little too flashy, a little too much. Why does he got to catch it way down here? You should catch it up top. You know, all of those things for his era, he was, uh, he was, uh, the best. And, uh, and I think when you're, when you're, you know, measuring the best, it's gotta be along amongst all the eras. And if, if he had played in, in, in our modern era, there's no doubt that they, they would call him the greatest of all time. Just a couple minutes left. Like yeah. you mentioned earlier, you know, you spend most of your time as an actor, but I love when you get pulled in, like on this project as a producer, I see mm-hmm. upcoming, you're working with Ryan Reynolds on a John Candy doc. 
which I, yeah. I just love John Candy. So I was so excited to see the two of you coming together for that doc. I know it's going to be as well done as this Willie Mays one, but what gets your juices flowing to be a producer and to get pulled into a project like Willie Mays or John Candy? Uh, well, it's the story. It's, it's, it's a subject matter, you know, um, Willie, obviously there's a lot, uh, uh, out there about, uh, Willie books, whatnot with, uh, with John, um, you know, that one's a little bit unique because Ryan really came to me saying, Hey, I think there should be a John Candy documentary. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and we, we had a long conversation and sort of talked about what that could be. And, and, um, you know, he was very, uh, patient and, and gracious and sort of let me sort of have a little time to sort of wrap my head around the concept because you don't want to just, you know, you can make any sort of, yo, know, that should be a documentary is, right. is kind of like, is a phrase I hear very often. And, and more <laughs> often than not, after about four minutes, you go, ah, I don't think that should actually be a documentary. Um, but Ryan was very, uh, was very gracious and really gave me some time to sort of crack, crack it a little bit and come up with a narrative and an idea and a focus that I felt really would warrant a film that would not only speak to John and who he was and his talent, but also be something that you could watch today and you could, you know, have, you know, uh, uh, have that connective tissue to, 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 to our modern, uh, our modern lives. And so I'm really excited by the opportunity. Um, that one is actually one that I'm, I am going to direct, which I'm very excited about. Wow. Um, cause it's been a while since I've, I, I've directed a, um, a doc. So I'm, I'm very, very excited to get back, uh, get back, uh, uh, to doing that. And yeah, you know, uh, we still got a lot of work to do. So, you know, hopefully it won't take too long. Um, but, uh, I'm definitely excited by the, by the opportunity and the chance for sure. All right. And then before I let you go, I love a good entrepreneur story. You've got Hank's Kerchief, right? And, Hanks, and so, yeah, Hank's Kerchief, Hank's yeah. Kerchief, however you want to yep. pronounce it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, it's a play on the last name. I love it. Yep. Uh, they look, Wonderful. Looks like you have a lot of fun with them. How did that company come about? Uh, I was actually at a San Francisco Giants game, believe it or not. Wow. And I was, okay. Yeah, I was opening day. Uh, oh, gosh, a few years ago. I don't remember what season it was because my memory is not as good as it used to be. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I was at – Kurtis are just something that I've always uh, carried with me. I've always had one on me. And I was at the a Giants game up in San Francisco. And I just went – you want to know what would be fun is if I could design like a San Francisco Giants kerchief. Hmm. And then it just sort of went from there. And I said, well, you know, it costs quite a bit of money for sports licensing nowadays. So maybe I should just start smaller and then maybe work, work my way up to being able to do those kinds of things. And, you know, it's another passion of mine. You know, I'll be, I'll be honest, you know, I, I sort of fell into documentary filmmaking because I didn't have the patience to sit down and write a script, but I knew that I, I wanted to be a, a, a storyteller and, and, and work within, you know, the parameters of, of, of storytelling. And so that's kind of how documentary came about because I watched a bunch and I, you know, I was into, um, you know, photography and music and all of these sorts of things. And I was able to sort of funnel all of those interests into documentary film. Well, the kerchiefs are no different. You know, I have a, a 
tremendous uh, interest in graphic design and and actually making things that you can physically hold in your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that just sort of seemed like a a, 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 a fun sort of path to go down and, and sort of basically just see how far I could sort of take it. And, you know, if uh, if it becomes a real thing, then I fooled everybody and 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 I fooled everyone because they really exist. So, yeah, no, that's great. I mean, it has become a real thing. And, and yeah. uh, it looks like you've had a lot of fun with it. Colin Hanks, actor, director, producer of the upcoming HBO documentary, Say Hey, Willie Mays, that debuts November 8th on HBO, available to stream on HBO Max. This has been a pleasure. Thanks for joining me on Sports Business Radio. No, thanks for having me, Brian. Appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Brian Berger here. Roan is the new official menswear partner of Sports Business Radio. I love their product. I've been a fan for a long time. Did you know David Stern was one of their first investors. Roan makes the absolute highest quality, best fitting and most comfortable performance driven clothing for men. Their entire line places emphasis on an active, balanced and purpose driven lifestyle. I'm wearing my spar joggers. I've got them in uh, Heather Gray. I've got them in Navy. I've got my moleskin commuter slim pant. I've got my regular black commuter pant. I've got my dress shirts. So when I'm out in in in-person meetings, I have the nicer Roan product to wear. But most of the time, I'm working from home. And I've got my Rain Long Sleeve Gray Heather Camo. I've got my Rain Long Sleeve hoodies. I am wearing the shorts for workouts, the 7-inch Mako shorts. So I'll tell you what, from top to bottom, whether it's casual or business wear, Roan has me covered. I know they're going to have you covered, too. And Roan is offering Sports Business Radio podcast listeners 15% off your purchase. Go to Roan.com, R-H-O-N-E.com, and enter code SBR15 at checkout, like Sports Business Radio 15, SBR15 at checkout. Receive 15% off your purchase. That's Roan.com, R-H-O-N-E.com, and enter promo code SBR15 at checkout. My guest is Matt Leiter, 2004 Heisman Trophy winner at USC, college football analyst for Fox Sports. He's the co-founder of Hall of Goats, which he co-founded with current USC quarterback Caleb Williams. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Leiner QB. Matt has joined me before. He's a friend of the show. Matt, how are you? I'm doing good, Brian. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, I know you've got some exciting news to share about Hall of Goats, but before we get to that, I've got to get your thoughts on the college football season. I had you on before the season started. So far, what are the biggest surprises to you? And that's a good question. I, I First off, I think there's a lot of parity right now in college football. Yeah, in the last couple of years, you know, we had LSU a couple of years ago, Georgia last year. I think at this point, what are we, I think week eight, um, there's there's a lot of really good football teams. I don't think there's a clear cut number one, whether it's Ohio State, Tennessee, Georgia, kind of even Michigan, kind of take your pick. So I love the parity at the top. Um, I think that's exciting. Obviously, um USC and a Trojan, I'm excited that they've got off to such a fast start. I know they had a lot a couple of weeks ago to Utah, but the job Lincoln has done. And then and then some of the some of the teams, you know. TCU is undefeated in the top 10. That's been a great story. 
Kansas, I know they fell off the last couple of weeks, but they've been a great story. Tennessee being back um, is a tremendous story. So every year you have your teams that don't live up to your expectation, and then you have your teams who kind of exceed expectation. And, um, and then the Heisman race. I think the Heisman race is exciting between Stroud and Hooker and Blake Horn and Michigan. So uh, a lot of great stuff. You know, this is kind of now where um, – you know, the, down the stretch, last four or five weeks, championship run, going to be excited. Yeah, exciting. Yeah, that November 5th, Tennessee at Georgia game, I mean, that feels like a playoff game. I mean, that's a playoff game. You have, you have the game, Michigan-Ohio State, coming up on Thanksgiving weekend. Um, you know, Bama's got some big games coming up in the SEC West. Um, as I said, TCU is undefeated. Can they run the table and get into a playoff? Uh, USC UCLA is relevant again for the first time in a long time. That's I think November nineteenth. Um, you know that could be to get to a Pac twelve championship. So th- there's a lot of big. Ma- I mean November college football in November is the best, and uh, we're getting there pretty quickly. If USC runs the table, do you think they can get into the playoff? Uh, that's going to be a challenge. It, it, again, it all it all depends on what happens uh, with the other conferences. It, it, History has shown that an undefeated Pac-12 champ will get in, undefeated Big 12 champ will get in. Obviously, USC has a lot right now, but if they can run the table, they beat UCLA, and then then depending on who that is, maybe Oregon in the Pac-12 championship, who's going to be in the top 10, and they're playing good football. You just never know. But I think that's the exciting thing is is this is the type of uh, time of the season where we start to throw out all the different scenarios of who's in and who's not. Can this conference get two teams in or not? So, uh, but USC certainly has an opportunity. And if they take care of business, they'll be in the conversation. Have you heard anything more about conference realignment? Again, last time I had you on, it was just announced that USC and UCLA are going to head to the Big Ten. You know, I see all the negotiations with the media rights for the Big 12 and the Pac-12, soon to be the Pac-10. Are you hearing anything? Is this going to sneak up on us where... We're going to have schools, you know, changing conferences again. I mean, I mean, it probably will. I mean, it's going to continue to change, but no, nothing new right now. Obviously, everything you've seen, I've seen, you know, as far as um, will the big, big 10 acquire more schools? You know, we don't know. I think the biggest conversation now is the expansion talk, which is going to happen, I think, which is exciting for me. I'm a, I'm a big. I love the playoff. I love more teams. I love the fact that they get more opportunity. I love the fact that um, they'll be home playoff games. That's just that's just so cool for the sport and for the fans. And um, but but I'm kind of with you. I feel like every day there's something new that pops up in the college football world. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Hall of Goats. This is something you've been working on for a long time. Like I said, uh, Caleb Williams is your co-founder. Um, I know you know you've got a. a former college teammate, roommate from USC who's behind this. You've got some big things coming up. So first of all, for the people who may have missed our conversation before, let's go back and explain what Hall of Goats is. Yeah, it's it's a uh, arcade-style college football uh, game where um, fans and, and gamers, anybody, can buy uh, their favorite player's digital asset. They import it into the, into the game and um, they can play with them, you know, think kind of think old school NFL blitz, NFL street, where, um, there's big hits taunting, just fun, you know, like a fun video game that everybody can play, um, where the fans, they own, you know, they own this digital asset. It's not, it's not a 
just a collectible. It's not a collectible at all. It's a digital asset that they own. Um, they can customize, they can build up. Um, so it's, it's really exciting. You know, we're in the development process right now and we have um, some things that we're launching here in the next week or two. Um, but it's, it's been really exciting. And it's, you know, I'm in the game of college football with my job, but now that NIL is, is here to stay and it's really at the forefront of college athletics, it's really been fun to um, kind of be on that side and, and help grow a business, but also help uh, these athletes make money off their NIL. The gamers love to see the trailers, the teaser for the game. Is that something that we can expect here pretty soon? Yeah, that's that's coming out next week. Um, we have um, a few things coming out of the first week of November. So um, the trailer is going to be exciting. I'm excited to see it. Um, we have a Founders Pass drop that's coming out um, also the first week of November. So um, there, there's a lot of cool things coming out. Um, obviously, we'll do a lot of stuff around the trailer and the counter pass. So, you know, want everybody to keep an eye on that with uh, on the social platforms, but um, you know, there's been a lot of, a lot of work that's gone into this, a lot of phone calls, a lot of, um, you know, conversations and stuff, but we're really excited that we're kind of finally here and uh, giving a chance for all the fans and all the people out there to kind of see what all the goats is. And um, we want them to be a part of this family. All right, I know with a lot of the games, you've got the current players, but then you've got some of the legends that you can incorporate. Might we see you or some of the legends <laughs> of the game incorporated into this? Yes, I, I will say this. Obviously, um, we want to be a game and a platform where um, we can service these football players and help them make money, obviously. Um, but we also are signing legends and um, we're calling them legends really kind of players great players of the past that some of the biggest programs in college football some of the best players to ever do it at that level because it's an opportunity for them to re-engage with their fan base and re-engage with the current team you know the current players and um so yeah so i won't i'm not going to name any names i had you know, we do have a trailer coming out pretty soon and we're excited about the guys that have jumped on board and um, we're excited about continuing the conversations with a lot of other former greats as well. Just tell us this, are some of the former greats, they're not just USC greats, they're from all over, right? Yeah, yeah, no, they, they, they're all over. You know, this is, this is a video game where we are um, going uh, to every school, every big brand, every player. Um, obviously with, with myself and Caleb and Greg, we're, we're USC guys and Trojans, but, um, this is going to be a game where everybody can, can take part and play with their favorite school, play with their favorite players, the current, the past. Um, we got some big names on board. I'm excited for everybody to see. I mean, you kind of put a little pressure on yourself. You're calling yourselves the hall of goats. I mean, <laughs> we got to see some goats. You're one of them. But, uh, you know, oh, yeah, I do need to get goaded. Um, but I mean, I'm sure it's exciting for the current players who have the opportunity to make some money on NIL. But then, you know, like you said, you're, you're bringing some of the legends from the past into the present and making them relevant, even for some of the young people today who may not have seen them play as much you're getting a chance to kind of learn more about their career well and that's the cool thing too is you know there, there's so many i mean you know college 
football and, and the rabid fan bases and they loved the history of their programs. And, you know, when we were signing great legends of some of these great programs and you'll see these guys statues in, in the hallway names on campus. So fans know them and even kids, even the kids, the, the teenagers, they, they know that because they grew up because their parents love those players. So now when you get a chance and you hear about so-and-so, you're like, oh my gosh, I get a chance to, to play with him in this cool video game and um, build him up and make him great again. Like, you know, people love video games. Kids love video games. They love that interaction uh, on their device. And um, so, so despite maybe someone playing in the eighties or the nineties or the early two thousands or whatever it may be, you know, these fans know, they know, they know the greats that played. So to sort of re-engage those former players with not only the fans, but the current players, I just, you know, there, there's, there's no one else that's doing that. So we're excited about that. Um, kind of the synergy between the two. How do you pick the current players? How do you decide here's who we want to go and bring into the fold here? I like that. Here's who we want to go. Um, yeah. I mean, look, I think, I think, you know, obviously we want to acquire and talk to the best talent in, in college football. I mean, that's a no brainer. And I think we also, you know, we, we, we are a big brand, you know, and, and we want to sort of go after kids who, want to dive back in and, and build their social brands and dive into what we're trying to build with as far as the video game, obviously the merchandise we can pose, all that kind of stuff. And um, that's kind of the exciting part is um, we're not going to just be like, well, they, they can't this and they can't that, you know, we, we want to engage with as many kids as possible and, and, um, and, and go from there. And again, this is a, a long-term thing. You know, we want to be a, a, a fun, badass video game that lives forever you know where you know th this current kids are playing and then the next high school greats are, are are being a part of the game and so on and so forth so um yeah and, and again obviously we're well aware of you know the 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 big brands and and the great fan bases and this is not just going to be limited to you know the uscs and Texas is of the world. You know, we want fans to engage with all sorts of schools and players. And, and that's the goal. And it's something we're building towards. I love following you on social media at Matt Liner QB. One of the things I found very funny recently is you went back to your campus, USC, <laughs> and you were asking people, you know, hey, do you know this Matt Liner guy? And, and it was very funny. Uh, tell me the story behind how you came up with the concept for that video. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I, I've just been, been trying to do more more stuff on social media. Yeah, uh, on social media and create. I just launched uh, TikTok, so you can follow me at the same handle. But um, just trying to embrace it. And 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 I was there one day, and um, I was just saying, you know, what would be funny is if if because I'm almost I'll be forty next year. I'll be forty in May. I was thinking I'm gonna go around campus and just and just have fun with this and see if they even remember me or remember <laughs> those years. And I got to be honest with you, it was hysterical. It did make me feel old, but some of the response, some of them knew who I was. And, and, and I think that was in the video, but a lot of it, like that was, I mean, it was edited, but it was unedited when I came up to them. They had no clue. They were actually more terrified of me coming up to, you know, random kids and asking them, Hey, I, I, hey, I love that, you know, story for the football team. That's what I said. And, um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty funny, man. It was, uh, and, and people loved it. It was actually everywhere I go now. They're like, oh, I love that video. 
Yeah. No, that was very, very clever. And uh, boy, the time flies, doesn't it? It does. It does. All right. So again, for everyone following the Hall of Goats, um, first week in November is when the trailer is going to drop. We're going to find out more about the founders past. We're going to find out more about who's going to be uh, in the game because I'm sure the trailer is going to reveal some of that, right? Yeah, there, there's a lot like I said, the founders past, the trailer. Um, you know, we'll be doing a lot of uh, promotional stuff. So just just check out all the handles, my handle um, on the social media, Hollywood Notes. And then, uh, yeah, we're, we're excited. It's going to be cool. And There'll be a lot. There'll be future stuff coming out after that. But this is the first big initial drop and, and launch of the trailer and the Founders Pass. So uh, just encourage everybody to kind of kind of take a look at what we're doing and 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 come be a part of Hall of Goats. Yeah, the website is hallofgoats.com. I love that hat you're wearing right now. When are people going to be able to buy merch? Pretty soon. You know, we will have a storefront marketplace uh, on the website. Um, again, we, we, you know, it's kind of trying to get our ducks in a row, the trailer and development of the game. But, um, when we launch players and we launch all this stuff, we'll have a lot of stuff available for people to get on there. I know I've been getting a lot of, a lot of cool stuff with the hat. Um, our, our team does a great job with the hat, hoodies, t-shirts, all that stuff. So you can expect all that stuff coming up pretty quick as well. That's fantastic. Matt Liner, 2004 Heisman Trophy winner at USC. You can watch him every Saturday on Fox Sports covering college football. You can follow him on social. He's a fun follow. And now he's on TikTok at Matt Liner. QB, what was your first TikTok video? I need to go check that out now. Um, I mean, my first TikTok video, I had, uh, I was, uh, it was during COVID. And I had a couple of drinks. You know, I was on vacation. And I just... <laughs> And I just sat there and I welcomed, I welcomed myself to TikTok and it actually did pretty well, and, you know, full disclosure. And, um, but I really didn't know what I was doing and then randomly, but I, I just recently started to uh, pick up my game and, and that. So really just some of the start of this last couple of months is really when I've started. So don't look at the first couple of videos. There, there's a big gap in the day there, you know, um, but uh, I'm having fun with it. Um, it it's a lot of fun to interact and, and again, I think, you know, for someone like myself, I like to try and you know, just kind of take people, uh, you know, my life and, and, you know, I like to have fun. I got a lot of chaos and three boys. Uh, my wife and I got a, got a, a house full of a lot of, uh, a lot of little, little, little guys running around and our older son, obviously in, in, in high school. So uh, a lot going on. So why not share it with everybody? Yeah, I saw something about changing diapers and formula on one of your platforms. So it looks like you got your hands yeah. full. Oh, yeah, I mean, every day. Well, Matt, thanks for joining us again on Sports Business Radio. Always a pleasure. And good luck with the Hall of Goats reveal next week. We'll all be watching. Awesome, Ryan. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. This episode of Sports Business Radio is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy the fastest-growing fantasy app ever released, and the official gaming partner of Sports Business Radio. And with early investors like Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, Adam Schefter, and Jared Goff, I know that Underdog Fantasy is made for people like me who are on the go and want something quick, easy, and fun to play. And today, we've got a special offer for Sports Business Radio listeners. If you sign up to Underdog Fantasy using the promo code SBR, they're going to double your first deposit up to $100. No risk, 
No long-term commitment. Just sign up using promo code SBR and your first deposit is matched up to $100 for free. I already play Underdog Fantasy on the Underdog Fantasy app, but if I didn't, I'd use that free $100 and go for a pick'em contest where I can bet the over-under on individual players or team matchups. Or maybe the Best Ball Mania 3 contest worth $10 million in total prizes. All you have to do is draft a team for the season. No waivers, no lineups, no injury reports. Underdog Fantasy takes care of all of that for you. So do what I've been doing. Go to Underdog Fantasy, download the app, sign up with promo code SBR, and get started right away with a free match on your first deposit up to $100. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our team at Sports Business Radio. Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Ryan Nakajima, and our friends at CG Sports who power Sports Business Radio. C.G. Young, Matt Amerlin, Nicole Wardle, and Calvin Wirtz. I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions, griggsproductions.com.